is Seattle Sports Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. And the countdown is now. We now go to eight more podcasts before episode number 100. And I'm going to be telling you this, people. The 100th podcast is going to be one hell of a show. It's going to be one hell of a show. Um. I think we've already revealed uh, one of our guests that is going to be on that uh, 100th podcast, but uh, let me go ahead and uh, spoil a little bit something for you. So me and K-Hart on the hockey segment, it's going to be a good one because not only are we having JT Brown on the podcast, but we will also have John Forslund, the voice of your Seattle Kraken on the podcast as well to join him with him. But that is all well and good as you can see matt is not with me uh matt unfortunately has got dad duties tonight he's got dad duties so uh, he is uh, just tuning in basically to the podcast but uh, other than that you know i'm actually going to be in control for the first couple 30 minutes or so uh Yes, I am wearing sunglasses indoors. Uh, my allergies have been getting to my eyes, so my eyes are just like red as hell, by the way. So that is that. Um, so uh, Mariners tonight, Mariners coming off a three-game sweep of the Oakland Athletics. Not going to lie, it was the most improbable way to get a sweep. Very improbable, or, or not improbable, but... Very unorthodox by the Mariners. I'm going to say that. That was the most unorthodox uh, three-game series sweep of a team that you will probably ever see. And the funny thing about it is that it's A.J. Puke. It's AJ, not A.J. Puck. It's A.J. Puke, who is the player of the game for the Mariners. Because if it was not for him throwing two wild pitches that allowed both uh, Dylan Moore and Jesse Winker to score all the way home. We don't win that ball game. Frankie Montas though goes uh, eight. Uh, what was it? Uh, seven and two thirds, seven and two thirds. I think it was yeah, seven and two thirds of no hit baseball. And then uh, the most unlikely guy to actually get the base hit to break up the no hitter. Adam Frazier was the one who was responsible for it. And wow. I mean, just wow. Um, then of course, uh, Torrens comes up. So we're, so, uh, they're able to get another one. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting to see the Mariners able to string hits together to, uh, you know, in that inning being able to, to get Montas's pitch count up to where they could actually 
um, you know, to where they could actually find a way to uh, get him out of the game. But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, I feel so bad for Frankie Montas. I feel so bad for him because, um, you know, he pitches his ass off and he gets Felixed. He got Felixed. And as every Mariner fan out there knows, we all know what the term getting Felix means. Where, as you know, Felix Hernandez, he would usually go out and throw, what, uh, six uh, between six and eight innings of just incredible baseball, incredible pitching, where he'll give up, you know, between zero and three runs. And you figure that you were going to win that game. You figure you're going to win that game. But instead, the offense just takes a big old fart. And nothing comes out of it. And Frankie Montaz, unfortunately, got Felix yesterday because uh, leaves the game after eight innings, pitches eight innings of two-hit baseball, doesn't give up a run, and the bullpen absolutely melts down for him. So, you know... Uh, talking with that le- athletic rants, not going to lie, by the way, shout out to you, athletic rants. Uh, we need you on the podcast here, buddy. Um, but <laughs> I think it's funny because, you know, I don't think other teams could exp- really know what it's like to get Felixed. I just don't think they know it on a consistent basis. Like we used to know Felix would go out every five days in his prime. And within five starts, if he was to get 10, you you look at, you you go through 10 starts for Felix Hernandez and what do you have to show for it? You probably will have over seven losses on your account because you can't do it all by yourself. Felix couldn't do it all by himself. And, you know, that was the, the worst part about, uh, you know, Felix, um, you know, basically getting Felix, you know, he's, he, he, uh, just did not, he did everything that he could to keep us into the game and the offense just never once helped him out hardly. And that's a big thing that I wanted to talk with uh, Matt today about. We'll probably talk about this, um, next week though, but you know, with how Felix did pitch in his career, you figure Felix Hernandez would be an all it would be um a Hall of Fame candidate. If he would have been a Los Angeles Dodger, if he would have been a New York Yankee, or if he would have been maybe a New York Met. But I'm 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 just gonna stick with the two. If he would have either been a Dodger or a Yankee, Felix Hernandez like I want to pull up Felix's stats. I want to pull up Felix's uh lifetime record because um, you know, Felix, in my opinion, was the most unluckiest pitcher in baseball history. 169 and 136. 169 in. See, this is what baffles me. This is really what baffles me about uh, Felix Hernandez is has a 15 year career. Started. 418 games. 
I guess he appeared in one. It looks like he appeared in one game. No, oh yeah, he did come out of the bullpen in one game. Did come out of the bullpen in one game for uh, 2018. But you know, I I want to say that 2016 was Felix or 2000 2015 was Felix or no, actually let me rephrase that. 2016 was Felix's last good year. That was Felix's final good year. And then he just started, uh, uh, just started going flat downhill. And the bad part is, is that in his 2014 season, where he finished, where he finished second in the Cy Young voting, finished second in the Cy Young. Um, he had a 2.14 ERA, which was his best ERA in uh, his entire career. And, you know, the two years that I really think that Felix got hosed by the voting, by the uh, Cy, Young, Cy Young candidacy was 2009 and uh, 2015. Felix was 18 and 9 in 2015. Felix was 19 and 15 in 2009. And and uh, who the hell wanted in that in, in in that year? Who the hell wanted? Let me see. Zach Granke took it home. Just because he had a little bit better ERA, he had a little bit better ERA. But you know, you look at the stats, and Felix was just better, in my opinion. Two votes, by the way. I mean, it, it. I don't know. Felix just got so badly screwed by so many votings because I feel like uh, Felix should have been a multi Cy Young winner, in my opinion. The only year that he won the MV or that he won the Cy Young was when he went, went 13 and 12. When's the last time that you're going to ever see a pitcher have 12 losses and only one more win than losses? win the Cy Young. You're not going to see it a lot. You're probably never going to see it again. But either way, you know, I, I, I want to go ahead and get back to just talking Mariners because I, I just feel so sorry for Frankie Montaz at the fact that the, that the bullpen screwed him on that one. But, you know, the Mariners, that, that sweep of Oakland was a big, was a big, big step because right now the Mariners um, coming off the homestand, we're 10 games under 500, 10 games under 500. And, you know, we talked with Jason Churchill last week and, you know, we, we all agree. Season not over. The season is not over right now. The Mariners though, with that three game little winning streak are now seven games back in the American league, uh, wild card standings. And they're, they're going to be playing Baltimore here soon. They're going to be playing Baltimore here very very soon um when are they playing baltimore uh, they play baltimore right after this series with the angels and this is a big series against the angels because uh as as it sits the angels are currently sitting they are currently sitting two and a half back or two and a half games ahead of the mariners in the wild card so this is a 
big, big series for the Mariners to gain ground into the wild card. Now, are the Mariners going to make the playoffs this year? Probably not. But it is the fact that the it is the fact that the Mariners don't just lay down and die. You don't want it. You don't want to have a team that's just going to lay down flat and die. And you know it's. Uh, pardon me, real quickly. I'm actually just grabbing my. Uh, going to be plugging in my laptop real quickly because it's. Uh, I forgot to start charging it. But anyway. No, it's the fact that they are not laying down and dying, and the and the fact that they are, um, at, in this in this point of the se- in in this point in the season, they're still making a, an effort to try to win ball games. You know, the uh, the offense explosion in this uh, Oakland A series was impressive to score seventeen runs in two games. I mean, I just, I, you don't really see that from the Mariners. You don't see them coming out and scoring um, uh, two, or you, you just don't see that offense. You don't see the offense uh, score that many runs in two games because usually what we've been treated to, usually what we've been treated to is seeing the Mariners just score what? Uh, f- uh, three or four runs. I'm trying to unscrew this, by the way. But anyway. I mean, it's uh, from, I don't know. I mean, it's just the the thing that I have is, is this, and I said this a little while ago, but playoff teams don't do what the Mariners are doing. Playoff teams don't do what the Mariners do because um, uh, I think, so from what I was to understand, the Mariners are now 29 and 10 when they score four or more runs when they score three or less runs they only have three wins and the rest are all the the losses of the of the season i'm not going to do the math not going to do the math i'm sorry or no 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 no. now they have four wins they have four wins because they only scored two runs uh this past day but um i mean it's just uh it is i mean it's just weird that that the mariners are are this bad when it comes to scoring runs because you know we're again we're not we weren't we are we were not used to seeing the Mariners go back to back games where they score seven plus runs. You know you just you just don't see that because um it's you know it's just not the Mariner way. <laughs> There's a. There's a thing. There's a way to do things, and there's not a way to do things, and that and that way is the Mariners. Fun fact here: um, there are four teams in the top ten in WRC plus and ERA. By the way, I wanted to bring this stat up because this is un- unbelievable. So it is the Yankees who are now um, who are now fifty two and eighteen, and there's the Dodgers who are forty three and twenty five. And there's the Astros at 43 and 26. Then there's the Mariners sitting at 33 and 30 or 32 and 39. That's just the most Mariners bullshit that you could ever see. You're in the top 10 in WRC plus and ERA and you, it's unbelievable. Um, 
you know, and I, and also here's another thing, you know, the, the Yankees are on an incredible torrid pace and both me and Matt, were going to discuss this, but um, I'm, I, I will, we'll talk about it also next week. Well, I mean, he'll, he'll put in his two cents about it, but you know, the Yankees are on a pace to break the record for the most wins in baseball history. They are on pace to win 120 games. 120 games or no what was it 120 or 122 i think it might have been 122 let me go ahead and look this up just in case i want to make sure i get the, i i just want to make sure i get the stats right i don't want to look silly and just be like and then and then people are going to be like oh you, oh you missed it by two you missed it by two. Oh well all right so mlb tw- mlb tweeted about it here we go okay so um so I was right on that one. Okay, so they are on pace to win 120 games. That would be four more than the 1906 Cubs and the 2001 Mariners. So the question is, question is, um, and I want to give uh, both Dick Fain and uh, Dave Softy Mahler a shout out because they brought this up on their show yesterday. And I found it was very interesting. But they were saying that if, if the Yankees were to beat the Mariners record for winning 116 games, they were to crush the record. Do you take down that 116 wins off the 2001 American league champions banner? I say yes. Uh, Seattle sports diaries posted about it. Uh, or we posted about it on the, on the, the, the Twitter account. Let me go ahead and pull up that poll real quickly because I have the results as of right now. So, Ah, here it is. So there's been 88 votes going on right now. And uh, so the question was, if the Yankees win 117 games, uh, we should have said or more, but it doesn't matter. Uh, should the Mariners remove 116 wins from the 2001 AOS championship banner? Uh, 60%, 60% is in favor of no, not to take it down. And 40% are saying yes. And this is what I have with this. You know, I, I'm I'm a little bit torn. I'm I'm torn really because I mean, why why do we want to be reminded that we won 116 games and did not get to the World Series? Why do we want to be reminded of that? You know, for me, it, it's 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 very painful to think about because and again, me and Matt are going to talk about this next week. We're going to talk about this next week. Don't worry about that because um, and I'm actually pulling up the Stanley Cup game real quickly because I want to uh, keep an eye on them. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just. Uh, the. The problem that I have with that 116 win banner is uh, the is the stream even going to work? I don't know. Is it? it I don't know if the, I don't know if the stream is even going to work. But anyway, um, it was so. The, the the thing that I have with this is the thing that I have with the 116 wins little banner is this 
you know, think about this. This is a great example. I am going to give the, the, the best example out there. So, um, do the Golden State Warriors, who won 73 games in, in the 2015-2016 season, most wins in NBA history, do they have a banner that says Western Conference champions? Yes, they do. Underneath it, though, does it say 73 wins? No, it doesn't. It does not say it because um, they didn't win a title. They did not win the title. And that's the problem that I have with it is, you know, what's the point of bragging that we had that we tied the record? You know, um, did the did the 1906 Cubs win the World Series? I don't think they won the World Series. Um, so let me, let me look this up. So did the, dun, 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 dun. Oh, what the hell? Here it is. Um, so the 1906 Cubs, uh, okay. So they did not win the, so they did not win the world series either. They did not win the World Series either. So do the Chicago Cubs um do the Chicago Cubs have a link that uh do they have a banner that says 116 wins and no, they don't. They don't have a they don't have a their their pennant in there says 1906 NL champions. It doesn't say it does not say 116 wins. Doesn't say it. And that's the problem that I have with it is we are the only we're the only team that does it. We are the only team in baseball who have a banner that says American League that that says that we were the champions of our division. And we won 116 games. That's the problem that I have with it. Because it's, I don't know. I mean, it is just beyond frustrating to think about that we have this many wins. You know, the Mariners have 116 wins in the 2001 season, which I consider that team one of the greatest Mariners teams ever. And, you know, this is coming from a guy who uh, who saw the 1997 Seattle Mariners and saw the 1995 Mariners. And when you compare when you compare all three of those teams or excuse me, and also the 2000 Mariners, because uh, the, the 2000 Mariners also made it to the to the playoffs. But when you when you think of those teams. You know, I think of how far did they go? How far did they go? How close did they get? As it stands, as it stands, the 2000 Mariners and the 1995 Mariners are the only team, are the only two teams of the four to go 
to the American League Championship Series. And hold on a second, you're going to be hearing something. Here we go. Now I got the now I got the game on uh, right there. So anyway, getting back to what I was saying, um, the the 2000 Mariners, the 1995 Mariners are the only two teams from that uh, from that uh, are the only two playoff teams in the Mariners history that were able to go to the championship series and lose in six games. They took they took both teams to six games. They took the Indians to six games and they took the Yankees to six games. And I'm not going to lie. You know, those, those two teams I think could have won it all. I think the Mariners, I think the 95 Mariners were the team. I think the 95 Mariners were the team to probably win it all. They could have won it all. And they just missed it by one game. Just missed it by one game. And it's still heartbreaking. It, it really is still heartbreaking to uh, to think about it because um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, it's just really weird to um, be able to. And, and another thing about the Mariners is that they also have a banner where it says AL Championship Series. So what? Why, why are we bragging that we went to the championship series? I would rather us brag about us winning an American League pennant or winning a World Series than going to the championship series. And that's another banner that I think needs to come down. Again, me and Matt are going to get into this next week. But I I want that banner down. I need, You know, the championship series, fine. Let's 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 keep it there. Let's go ahead and brag about it. We we did get to the championship series. We we can definitely brag about that. Three out of the four playoff team, three out of the four playoff teams in Mariners history got to the championship series. Fine. So that's seventy five percent of the time you got to the championship series. Um, but uh, you know the 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 problem. And again, th- that hundred and sixteen win banner. If the Yankees win one hundred and seventeen games, you take that fucking thing down. Case in point. All right. That is going to do it for this uh, baseball segment. Now let's go ahead and bring in our guy. Look at this, man. He's standing right like he's – look at this. He ain't got no green screen in the back. No green me. screen. We're in a different house today uh, for personal reasons. But, yeah, how y'all doing? Y'all looking at magnificent today. It's Friday. You know, the game's on. You know, we're just five minutes in, 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm-hmm. be on the power play. How y'all doing today? You know what? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. I appreciate you, you for the, saying that. You got the that. sun and shades on like you're an outfielder. I get it. I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. So let me see real quickly if we can fit this in here. Ah, yeah, there we go. We got the game right there. Yeah. And, uh, okay, that's not going to work. I don't think that's going to work. No. Anyway, um, yeah, the only reason why I'm wearing shades is because uh, I'm actually – uh, allergies got the best of me and I was rubbing my eyes. So it's really red. I look like I got high, <laughs> oh, Okay, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and talk some Stanley cup hockey because, uh, we are one win away from seeing the Colorado avalanche lift that trophy. Right. And, and also, uh, I need to also give this guy a shout out. So some guy, they didn't mention his name, 
put a parlay bet down, a 500 parlay bet down mm-hmm. for the Golden State Warriors to win the title. I think I've seen that. For the Rams to win the title. I saw and that. For the yeah, Avalanche to win the title. $500, $500 bet. And if the and if the Avalanche closes it out today, that's $269,000 that he's getting in return. And that you know what? He's a time traveler. That guy's a time traveler. <laughs> let, let, me tell you, let me tell you why. Because no amount of stat reading, no amount no. of, oh, I just know how these guys play. No, none of that. No, nah, that guy's a time traveler. Anytime I hear a bet like that, I am I automatically assume they're a time traveler because there's no way you know that. There's just no way. So so does he have the DeLorean? He might. <laughs> he might. So uh so let's talk about this, man. Oh, what's up with you being in the new house? Are you finally moving out of your old place, getting your own pad and everything? No, no, we're not doing that. You know, the we're in a recession right now, unfortunately, so it's not like that. Uh, I'm just in a different location for the day. That's all. We Jeez. just have to be recording today. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, hey, I mean, if you got your own place, that'd be great. But I mean, that's I that's also me saying this. That's also me saying the same thing. But either way. Yeah. Um, so currently right now, um, Colorado leads a series three games to one. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 talked about this uh, last week because because right. I think the series was uh, at or the series had just it just started. started. Yeah. And the series had just started. We were saying, you know. If Colorado was to jump out to a three games to none lead, the series is over. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado, of course, wins the first two games at home, goes to Tampa Bay, loses the uh, first game. But I mean, Kadri, Nazim Kadri, nobody knew where the puck was. The right. most, I mean, able to get an overtime winner goal last night. Or not last night, but the but the night before. Yeah. And I mean, like when I was watching it, I'm just like, where is I was I couldn't believe that puck got stuck there. But right. Colorado now leads the series three games to one. And so the Lightning, they need to play absolutely at their best tonight. And but the the thing about it is, is that I mean I want to say the series is over. I, I just don't I don't think that if I don't think that if Tampa Bay was to win this game that they can somehow get back into this series. I mean, I get it. I get it. You, you win game five and I think they travel and I think they go to back to Colorado. They go, no, 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 no. They're in Colorado right now. So they win game. Oh, they five, are in Colorado. Go, to, go home. Yeah. And then they, for game seven, they'd go back to Colorado. Okay. So, um, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that Tampa Bay can do it. I, I just don't think they can do it because here's the thing. If you, d- if they somehow miraculously win this game and are able to go back to Tampa Bay, I'm going to say maybe you force that game seven. Maybe you force that game seven. But the problem is, is that most of the time it's home, it's home ice advantage. Usually in the Stanley Cup, you know, when teams are playing at home, they play better in front of their fans. That but be, mm, I don't know. If we go back, I, I've if, seen if it before. I've seen it before, pre- but I'm just saying, I just don't think the Lightning have what it takes to actually come back and win this series because we've seen three to one comebacks before. We see, we saw it with the Golden State Warriors, we saw it with the Cleveland or with the Chicago Cubs. But I just, I think a three to one deficit in the NHL is more difficult to come back than in basketball or baseball. 
Ah, it, okay. So this this is a very interesting case. So the reason why is because we have not seen this current Tampa team face this much adversity. This is the first time they've been behind this bad. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. Usually they're the ones up three zero three one. It's usually them. It's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is a new new, new this is new territory for them. Uh, so to say that they don't got it in them, mm, I don't know. Now you can say they're tired. That's a different story. But to say they they, they can't do it, mm, I don't know. You you gonna have to sell me on that one a little bit more. Uh, I think they're still very much in it, even if the the series you know score doesn't show it. I think they're still in it. Uh, so I far, mean, I mean, now, yeah. Now, I mean, now, we... now, if you said, "Oh, they ain't got Vasilevsky or Vasilevsky, excuse me, or Kucherov," then yeah, they're out. But I mean, as long as you got those two on the team, <laughs> you have something. You're not, you're not total. I don't believe you're ever a hundred percent out of it, even if it is three-one. So, I mean, you know, that's fair enough. I mean, it yeah. it really is. It's not over until it really is over, right. and you know. Again, we we've seen improbable three to one comebacks again. I right. mean, again with 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 the Cleveland Cavaliers and and of course the Chicago Cubs, uh, both doing it in 2016, which was the the year of three to one failures. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, this is you're absolutely right. They are tired. Tampa Bay is tired. Mm-hmm. This is a Tampa Bay team that is facing adversity, facing this type of deficit that they haven't been through the whole series. The whole season long. I mean, I, I mean, they didn't even trail through the the through the first three uh, playoff series that they have no. played, and now they are in a they are in a you you have to win no matter what you have to win. Right. I mean, it, and and that's that is the thing that I have is that it puts pressure on those players. Yeah, but it also but that the thing about it is that it also puts pressure on the Colorado Avalanche exactly because. It, it, with with the avalanche you you truly can it, this is no time to make any mistakes and okay so so, so the avalanche are, are actually a very interesting case so for the last couple of years the avalanche have been not cursed per se but they've had something go wrong the past mm-hmm. couple of years so this is the first this is the closest they've ever been and this is as good as they've ever been so now it's time to see is that dark magic going to make it going to raise ugly head again because i think the bubble, they were doing good. They were about to beat Dallas, and then they lost two goalies and like five players. I, I mean, that, I don't even know that, what happened that's still, year. that's still, I don't know how the hell that happened. Exactly. So I, I just really like, have no idea see, how the hell that happened. So my thing is, are we going to see that dark magic again? That's 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 because we haven't seen it yet. I mean, we could have seen it last series when when a Darcy went down, but we did, yeah. thankfully. Um, but at the same time, if this was the Oilers versus the uh, Lightning, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be, oh, the Lightning are about to win because I don't think the Oilers can, can do what they do this. I don't see no, it. I, I agree with you on that one. I agree with no. you on that one. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, it, to your point exactly, if this was the Oilers versus the Lightning and the Lightning are leading 3 1, you, you definitely can, you definitely are saying that the series is over because the yeah. Oilers are not going to come back and win that series. No. But, um, Dang, lightning had a chance right there. Lightning had a chance right there. Right through the feet. Yep, right through the feet. So, now, here we go. Oh, nope. I thought they were so, going to get a shorty for it. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Nope. No shorty. But, uh, no, I mean, I, but still, you know, one thing about these Stanley Cup playoffs is 
you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it is you never know what you're gonna see, you yeah. really do, because we've seen we've seen we've seen interesting things happen. I mean, again, we're we're talking about the we're talking about a Stanley Cup playoff that has had the most goals scored in Stanley Cup the least playoffs. amount of overtimes too. Yeah, the least amount of overtimes. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've seen the least amount of overtimes, and we've seen the most goals scored yeah. in any Stanley Cup playoff in 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 recent history. I don't. And, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but this is the first playoffs where we've only had one multi OT game. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the Lightning, in fact, and uh, Toronto. Yeah, I or was it so. the Kings and Oilers? It was one of those two. One of those two series, but yeah. It's uh, it's been something though. This has been this is this is definitely one to remember, no matter who wins. Yeah, definitely. By the way, now I just took my sunglasses off. Now I can see you properly because you were Aww. you were really dark. You were really dark and everything. It's probably I ain't got no light in this room beyond the natural light, <laughs> but that's okay. By the way, shout out for the Martin T-shirt. Shout <laughs> out for the Martin T-shirt, yeah. dude. Oh, of course. Uh, you know, I love I love Martin. I love it. Um, let me see. So what do you think happened? Oh come on! Did I really just see an Avalanche fan be flipping them off? Oh my God! I just, I, I just, I just saw it. Yeah. Why is it that we have fans like that? That's ridiculous that we have fans like that. It's the first period. Mm-hmm. It's scoreless. It's anyone's game. You don't need Very to be much. flipping off anybody. But you're always going to have that one knucklehead in the in the goddamn crowd. So- so okay, so uh, I wanted to ask you this since since we're talking about, it, I'm sure you can see by my name too many men. So what do you think about that ruling, or non-ruling, I should say? Because nothing. That happened. was very very interesting. I mean, it was, you know, here's the thing. I mean, we can go back to the baseball talk about you know the umpires of how it seems to be getting worse seems to be right. getting worse with umpires um, with the bad called strikes or bad calls in general, but right. the NHL's referees have been terrible for many, many years. Yes. Many, many years. And that non call really, I think turned the, really turned the tides in this series because I'm not going to lie. I feel like this series should be, that's going to be a tripping. That is, yeah, they got it. That is going to be a tripping on that one, and that's that is not something you want to do with the with this uh, Avalanche team because that power play unit is absolutely fierce. We'll get into that in here in a second, but yeah. uh, back to the no, back to the non call. You're absolutely right. I mean, that was a call that completely changed that game. Um, you know. You know, if it gets called, to, do the Lightning win that game? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. We don't know what would have happened if they would yeah. have called it. But the 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 point is, is that the refs missed a huge, huge penalty mm-hmm. that would have actually given the Lightning a man advantage for two minutes. Right. So again, you have no, we have no idea what exactly would have transpired in that moment. But that was a gigantic fuck up by those refs it should have been a too many men on the ice uh call the lightning should have had a two-minute power play and maybe this this series is maybe three to two i want to say 
Not well, be 2-2, because I was game four. Oh, 2-2. Two, two. Okay, yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry. So yeah, this way, yeah, this series might should have been should have been tied up, but so the way I see it is, you know, I saw the picture. So there's six of uh, Avs within the seven Tampa Bay. So my thing is, you know, call it on both sides, you know, have it be a four on four for two minutes and then let the game proceed. Like that's how you do that. Like you don't just not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's the fairest way I can see it because I don't like the fact that oh we just gave it to him just because I'm just like especially if it's something like it's a that's a pretty critical portion of the series right there it's a game course, winning goal in overtime and you yeah. don't even look at it at least and of, and of course there's there's people out there who are saying oh this uh, this series is rigged and of course everyone's gonna say that on social media yeah but the the I mean, I don't. I don't think this thing is rigged. There, there's no, no it's way rigged. it's rigged because to rig people who say that um, that playoff series get rigged, people don't understand something. Do you know how difficult it truly is to rig a playoff series? It takes a lot. It takes a lot to rig it because I mean, and and again. Hockey's tricky. Hockey's a tricky right. game. You just, you, I mean, it's not like basketball where you can easily rig it. Or it's football, like you can rig that too. Yeah, but no, no, no. That what I was, I was, oh, yeah. I was saying. Yeah, I mean, I feel like basketball is more easily rigged. Oh, of course. Than any exactly. sport in America, um, but hockey. The the problem with hockey is is that if you try to rig it, you you don't know what's really going to happen. You can only do so much as a referee if you probably have money on it. Or if you or if you call really bad calls, it's really it's not going to matter because if you call too many power plays, then something's going to get something's fishy's going to get some fishy's going to bring it up, and people are going to be like, okay, there's way too many power plays on just this team alone. So something's got. So again, I don't think I don't think sports. Um, the only time I've ever seen, like I said, sports ever get rigged was with that one referee in the NBA. That was the only time that I actually saw you know, a sporting event truly get rigged. Well, that in Super Bowl 40 with the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, it, 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 you're absolutely right. I feel like you're, you're spot on with that one. I think that the, that it should have been a, uh, you know, a four on four play for uh, both uh, Colorado yeah. and Tampa Bay, because there was weight. There was, there was, there, there was 13 people. 13 on the people. Ice. That's 13 the thing is like, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but that's my thing. There's four officials on the ice, and there are 13 other people. How do you not call anything? It's exactly. stuff like that. And, like, and here's okay, the thing: you don't need like you, you can miss a trip, fine. You know, because guys fall all the time. You can yeah. miss a cross check. There's literally hundreds of them in the game. But how do you see with your two eyes that I hope work? You see 13 people and not say anything. You like how do you do that? In good conscience, <laughs> how do you do that? I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it happens, but you know, again, we can we can keep going back and forth on this yeah. one, but I mean, it was just four officials don't notice thirteen men on the ice. I mean, it's just it really did baffle me because again, um, Kadri's goal should have never counted. Should have never counted. It definitely should have been a four on four at that point. Um, yeah. And again, you, you don't know who was going to score. You don't know who was going to score at that point. But again, right. um, it would have been interesting to see if that would have been called, 
if both teams would have gotten uh, too many men on the ice and we saw four on four for two minutes. But uh, back to the back to this game, you know, we we were also just mentioning about the the Colorado Avalanche's uh, power play unit and they brought it up in the they just brought it up. I think they were uh, 28 for 54 in uh, power plays in this in 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 this in these uh, playoffs. And that's an incredible feat, honestly. I suck at math, but that sounds like half. That's over half. That's over 50 percent of scoring. And. You know, uh, what would, what's usually the normal for about power play scoring? I want to say about between, what, 35 and... 30, uh, 30 to 40. Yeah, 30 that's to good, 40%. That's a good 10%, a good 30 yeah, to 40. That's a, that's, a, that's a decent score, but yeah, over 50 fucking percent that they're Ooh. scoring on power plays? I mean, that's... I mean, that's video game stats right there. Yeah, that's, a video that, game that's, stat. that's like that's like playing EA, EA NHL live and, and putting it on rookie, for God's sakes. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it, it, the the power play unit for Colorado has like like we mentioned, it, it's just been unworld. What the hell did he just <laughs> did he just take his stick out? I'm of pretty his sure head? that was a slash that they just didn't call. Yeah, I'm, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say that looked like a slash into me, yeah. <laughs> man. And then once but again, another like you see yeah, that another mi- another missed call. I don't, get that. Right. I don't either, man. I I just don't because I mean, you know, we can. I I think I think we can always talk about this on every segment, whether it's the football segment, baseball segment, or hockey segment. But you know, referees or umpires in sports right now, it's it seems like it really is getting worse. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's getting worse on you know every side of the every side of sports that you see it whether it be hockey football or basket basketball or well actually i I don't know i don't can we say that basketball referees are 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 kind of getting worse because i don't know i I want to say yes yeah i haven't been really paying attention i don't really pay that much attention to basketball i should but i only pay attention to like college basketball by the way speaking of the nba um huge shout out to paulo banchero Seattle native getting drafted number one by the, by the Orlando magic. Um, funny thing is, is that uh, the radio station, again, I got to give uh softy and Dick a shout out over there at 93.3 KJR, but they were, they were bringing it up. And I, and I found this a very, I know that we're supposed to be talking hockey, but I know we can talk a little it's commercial break. It's okay. Yeah. Well, we can talk a little it's commercial break. But, we'll be all right. but I think they made a really excellent point about this, but if, Let's say Paulo Benchero was to have gone to the University of Washington. Do you think he goes number one? Possibly. I don't. I don't. I don't think he goes number one. I don't. But I don't think the college really matters. I think it's can you play? You know, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like do you fit that position? I think the guys uh, over there at ninety three point three had a point. I don't think he would have went number one overall if he was from the University of Washington because, you know. UW did not have a good season this year. They didn't have a good season in basketball, but you go against, I mean, look at what Duke did. They went to what they went to the sweet 16. They went to the elite eight. Did they, they got knocked out in the final four. I think, I think they got knocked out in the final four by North North Carolina. I can't remember, but no, I mean, that's a thing. I think that, you know, these NBA players, like, especially uh, going to a college like UW, it puts them at a disadvantage, puts them at a disadvantage because, you know, 
you're playing on a bad team. You're not getting that March Madness experience. You're not getting that exposure in March Madness to where scouts can look at you a little bit better. But no, I mean, I, I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I mean shout I, out to him for even making it because, you know, it, it's hard to yeah. play basketball in general. But like, you know, it's, first damn, overall, it's yeah. damn near impossible to get drafted yeah. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Um, I want to say that the NBA and Major League Baseball are the two leagues in sports that mm-hmm. are the hardest to make it. Because I say that because you, you look at the NBA, you only have what? Um, 12, 15 guys on a team. Uh, I believe it's 15. Okay. 15, 15. Yeah. You have 15 guys on a team. I mean, that. how many, be honest, how many people, how many guys play basketball? A lot of guys, a lot of guys play basketball. Uh, we're going to put a, a lot of guys play basketball. Because Tampa just scored. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Grace. That was ripped. That was Woo-hoo. 95 miles an hour. I like wow. that is doing um like the speed on the shots. What a slapper. And he was behind on the play too. Yeah, he was. Oh my god. That's it. That's impressive though that you can shoot a 95 mile an hour puck. Ooh, right um, through the wickets too. Yeah. But again, uh, getting back to what I was saying. So yeah, uh um the NBA Oh my god. That replay. <laughs> I'm just watching that. Re- that is the best thing about super slow-mo right through mm-hmm. the crevice, right through the crevice. Right. But um, me and Roman, we're going to be talking about this here in a bit because we'll also get into college basketball a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, getting back onto this. So, so the NHL, uh, the NBA, very difficult league, but also if you look at the M- MLB, how many goddamn players are actually playing professional baseball? There's over, I think, 10,000. 10,000 professional baseball players. That's a lot. And the rosters are only at 28 men, so it's very difficult to make. But I will say this. I think one of the most easiest, the two easiest uh, sports leagues to actually try to make it professionally, whether it's either overseas or here in America, is hockey and soccer. I you think, think so. so. Um, I want to wow. say yes because okay. I want to say yes because I, I and I and I I did not say to make it in the NHL. By the way, I never said to you make it into that. the NHL is easy. But what I said is is I think hockey and soccer are a much are a little bit easier to make it in professional wise. Whether you're playing here in America or you're playing overseas because. Look at the look at the demographics of hockey and soccer. Both are big international sports. Both right. have big leagues overseas. Both have leagues all around right. the country, all around the world. So I feel like that's actually a those two those two sports are a little bit more easier to make. I mean i I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to make it sound oh, like that. Okay, I know. so so let me ask you this: You mentioned. Uh, about basketball, how, you know, it kind of matters when you play for college. So we'll flip the script. And what, what about hockey? So like there are some players who went to college and then there's some, some players who played in the leagues like Austin Matthews. I think he played in like one of the German leagues or something like that before he, mm-hmm. he made it. 
and then some of the so, other players. I think what it is. Yeah. I think what it is when it, so if we're talking basketball, I think, yeah. it, I think it has to do with exposure. Okay. I think it has to do with exposure to where you are playing, because if you're playing at Duke, if you're playing at Kentucky, if you're playing at Kansas, North Carolina, um, USC, UCLA. Yeah. Um, what's another really big college? Um, Oregon? really? Sorry. You said big college. You named all my schools. Sorry. You said big college. Can't help. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I could have said, but I need, they got to be good basketball schools. I can't say like, you know, Texas, they got to be, they got to be good. Yeah. But uh, so, so I think it, so I think it does have to, to Mm -hmm. do with exposure. Like, because again, Again, you look at you look at UCLA, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. They're usually in the March Madness every single year, or or, or oh, I almost for, how the hell did I forget about this Gonzaga? Yeah, I I mean, yeah. But again, I mean, it has to do with exposure. I think when it comes to hockey, I think you have you just have to make a name for yourself. I think you have to make a name for yourself, whether it be in college, junior hockey, or playing overseas in a league. Okay. So, um, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's, a, I think that's a very interesting conversation and Roman's right here with us. So Roman, I think you can actually enter this oh, conversation. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? So we were just talking about this because we, we mentioned Paulo Banchero going number one yesterday Yep. and, um, uh, softy and Dick mentioned this on their show yesterday, but if Paulo Banchero would have been playing at UW, mm-hmm. do you think he goes number one? Yes. You whoa! You think he would have gone number one if Absolutely. he was still playing? I said really. The thing. Yeah, there, there's, wow. there's no doubt in my mind he still would have gone number one. Like, okay, there as as much as you can learn from Mike Shashevsky, there was so much natural talent already there. Like people people were forgetting about him because everyone was oh Chet Holmgren this Chet Holmgren that right Chet's not he's not special he's just big. He's gonna get pushed around the NBA. Oh, you know what? You know what I find very ironic about Chet Holmgren. Tell me, a big ass, a big ass white boy going to one of the whitest goddamn teams in the in the NBA. I I would personally just be happy that Paulo didn't go to OKC. So you know, no, I'm I'm happy with that one. Seattle, the reason why so. I, I mean, think about it. You you got you got a big old seven foot white dude going to one of the whitest states in the war in the in America with. <laughs> the worst general manager in all of NBA. That whole organization is just a mess. It really, it really is. I mean, I feel bad for Chet. And I, I think it was funny because Chet was on an interview, I think during the draft. And he says, there's no prospect more electrifying than me. How is that? How is it? Wow. Like I got news for you. I (laughs) know that right there. Me. So, I don't usually wish for people to to not succeed, but that comment right there just pushed me off, Chet, because I'm just like, you're that egotistical. I will never wish ill on somebody, but one thing I'm, I will I'm say. I'm not wishing ill, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying like that was the most, that was the most narcissistic, egotistical thing you could say. So one thing that, like one thing that I, I've learned over my time playing sports in high school, playing sports in college is there is a certain level of belief in yourself that you have to have. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely mm-hmm. where that comment is coming from. So I'll say I, I understand what he's trying to say, 
by saying that, but that did not come off in, in the way that he intended. So I, I agree yeah. with what you're saying. I think you're right, but I'll just, I just say, I know where he's coming from. Yeah. Dang. Dang. Media training. Wow. Yes. Oh, and Colorado, Colorado just missed a breakaway. Wow. Oh, I, That's why I'm I, wish, yeah. I don't know how they didn't score on that one. Oh, I'm but, watching um, the Red Sox. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so here's so uh, before we actually end off this hockey segment and say goodbye to K Hart until next Wednesday. By the way, for everybody wondering, um, next Thursday we're doing a podcast. It's not going to be next Friday. It'll be next Thursday that we're doing a podcast. And K Hart here is actually free on Thursday for once. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, so so Roman, we were talking about this. So we were we were talking about the hardest sports to get in professional wise, like get to the big leagues. And then we talked about the easiest ones that could probably, and I think the two easiest ones, I think the, the, the two easiest ones to go professionally, whether it's playing professionally here in America or playing professionally or overseas is soccer and hockey. I want to say, didn't get my two piece. I didn't get my two yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm very curious. So before your answer, Roman, I, what is the two sports that you believe so that could I'm be agree the... with you on soccer because there are so there's a thousand leagues, yeah. soccer leagues, and then I'm actually gonna say basketball because there are oh, so many leagues. That was gonna okay. be my other answer. Okay, basketball. you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, yeah. listen, if I get a call from Shanghai to join the Shanghai Sharks for like 10 mil, I'm I'm there. <laughs> I'm over there. The Shanghai right? Sharks, I love it. I'm just saying because like I'm taller than most of the team, probably at five ten. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, you know what? That makes me feel like I have a shot, so I appreciate that. Hey, oh my hey. god, I can't! I can't believe you just said that, K Hart. I can't believe we just. Took... A, but it's not offensive. It's just. It's facts, you know, unfortunately. So it really leagues. is facts. Yeah. Well, I mean, Al, we were just watching Yu-Gi-Oh for four for four mm-hmm. straight uh, weeks. How tall is Yugi? Like four foot nothing. Four foot <laughs> So anyway, Roman. Uh, so basketball, easy. Easy to get in. So, what is the other one? I was going to say soccer as well. There are okay. so many leagues, um, and so we see many. guys playing professional, 14, 15 years old. Like, and mm-hmm. obviously that's credit to them; they're amazing. But we also right. see dudes playing that are like 40, 41 years old, like in Russia. Like every single team, like every single country in Europe and in Asia has a professional soccer league. Like, there's just the probability of making it in one of those sports is just way higher than it is in anyone else. Definitely. Um, also, before uh, K Hart gets off here, I want to uh, I want to also put this out there. So we posted earlier uh, again on today. Well, I actually was doing the posting on on our social media account, but uh, I wanted to give our kind of our thoughts on uh, what has happened today, what has transpired in the Supreme Court, and I wanted to kind of give my my two cents on that real quick, if you, if you guys don't mind. Go ahead. So, so my thought on this is this. So I, I I've I've grown up as a Christian person or Catholic Christian. So I understand what the Bible is, but in this point in no man has the right to tell a woman what to do with her body. No man has the right to do that. Um, I do believe that there is a certain point where I don't think abortions should happen because I feel like it might, uh, it might be considered as murder, but again, that's not, that's not my decision. That is not my decision we as a country need to stop relying on red or blue. We need to stop relying on these politicians who think that they know what's best for this country 
or what is best for us. They don't know what's best for us. They don't know what's best for this country. And all I'm going to say is that I hope the people of this country, especially after today, see what's going on. And instead of telling people to vote blue or vote red, all I'm going to say is just vote. Vote for the right person. Because this type of crap needs to end. Because guns have more rights in this country than women do. And it's sad. And, it, and, it, and it's absolutely sickening. But I mean, that that's my two cents on this, guys. And I appreciate you guys listening to me. And I and, um, I also appreciate everything you guys have been doing for this podcast. We are uh, eight podcasts away from number 100. And uh, Roman, I wanted to uh, go ahead and uh, announce our very special guest for uh, for the 100th podcast. Well, let's hear it. So joining us for the 100th podcast on our Husky segment is none other than UW football legend, Mario Heisman Trophy Bailey. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Um, K-Hart, real quickly, um, would you like to give your two cents on what has transpired today? Um, I think you covered it really well. It's uh, I, I've said this numerous times in different contexts, but I feel like it just applies um, here as well. It's exhausting to be a woman. It's uh, It's very hard. Not only do, you know, women have to worry about where they are, what they're wearing, you know, the way they talk to men, that kind of stuff. But now they have to worry about, you know, what happens if, you know, they, what happens if they have a baby that they don't want to have necessarily, or they're not able to have, what can they do if they live in a certain state? Like in California, thankfully abortion is still legal, but what about in Texas or South Carolina, you know, Louisiana states in the South, what about those places? Um, it's it's not easy and it's definitely not fair um i truly can't believe that we still let people who are well beyond their years make these kinds of decisions because this Mm -hmm. is we're going backwards yes this is not good this is i agree very scary two members of the supreme court also lied on in during their um their confirmation hearing saying that they would not look at this and then immediately turned around into this Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Um, K-Hart, I respect the hell out of you, man. I love you so much. Um, Thank you. For because again, you are you really are part of the family. You're part of the Seattle Sports Diaries family, man. And you know, I find it very funny. I wanted to bring this up. So we are literally uh two months away, or we're we're slightly two months away from the 100th podcast. Yeah. But and then so I want to and then two months later. It is your one year anniversary of being on this <laughs> podcast. And I dude, uh <laughs> your one year anniversary is coming up, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's did you ever time flies when you're having fun? Yeah. And and Roman, I think it's hilarious. K Hart here thought it was just a one time thing. He thought it was a one time thing. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I, I I will say I also thought that. So we're just saying both there. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, he's like, come back. I'm like, huh? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode, or not for this episode, but this is going to do it for this uh, hockey segment. K-Hart and I are actually going to be back next uh, Thursday, wrapping up 
the Stanley Cup Finals, and of course, talking about uh, actually giving our prediction. for yeah. Huh? Oh, we're going to talk about the winner next week, but a, a quick prediction. I still think Tampa has some juice left. I don't think it's over tonight. I'm going to say uh, Tampa and seven. And I and here you didn't want it to go to seven. He right, Roman, this man now. did not want it to go to seven. It has to now. But yeah, that's too unfortunate. But uh, but also be sure to uh, check us out on BS Commentaries next Wednesday because me and K Hard, we're done with anime. We're done with animated TV shows. We're getting back to movies. We're gonna be watching Sonic the Motherfucking Hedgehog. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And we're back. And uh, so yeah, K Hart, man, I will uh see you next Wednesday, brother. See you guys next week. Later. K Hart, everybody, and of course, uh, Roman. Welcome, man. And uh, you know what, Roman? I'm going to even say that I, I need to say this to you, too. I appreciate you giving your two cents on what has transpired today. Um, I think everybody does need to get, voice their opinions. There was one guy on social media who kind of was belittling uh, the opinion that I was given. But I'm just like, OK, if you don't like the opinion, hit the unfollow button. That's what it's hit there the, for. Hit the fucking unfollow button. If you don't like the opinions, fine. Go ahead. I don't care. But um. But no, I mean, we've had some uh, interesting uh, things developing for uh, Kalen uh, DeBoer. Uh, Today has been an absolute whirlwind. And let me tell you, it's just getting started. Uh, I can't I can't go into more details. I have names. I can't give names, but there are more names. And it's incredibly exciting because uh, when Zach Henning committed at about four o'clock, he was. There have been two commits today. We can we'll sum up like the entire week because that's the fourth one of the week, mm-hmm. and it's great. Everything that's happening is great. Um, but when Zach Henning committed at four p.m., I was over the moon. When I I so the Anthony James one was a bit of a shocker. I had heard that there was a chance he was leaning towards Auburn, and then mm. so when Zach Henning committed at four, I thought that um, I thought he was coming earlier. I thought that he was the one who was going to announce at noon. And I was like, all right, well, this is, this is good. This he's really good. He's a really good player. He just doesn't do anything for the common fan who will just go to his two, four, seven profile to be like, Oh, he's in, he's like number 1100 in the country. That's not fun. That's not great. Great player. Watch the film. Really exciting player. Reminds me a lot of Roger Rosengarten. But when Anthony James committed, I looked at my phone and I said, no way. Because normally, <laughs> Kalen DeBoer gives us like a half hour of warning of like, hey, here, here's the wolf. And then for me, that's my time to reach out to the people that I know and be like, hey, what do you got? Hey, what, what do you got? What, do, what are we hearing here? And that didn't happen this time. It was wolf, five minutes later, Anthony James. And I, I swear I almost threw my phone across the room because I didn't believe what I saw. I, <laughs> I thought there was a great chance that he was coming to Washington. Don't get me wrong. But I did not think that as soon as he stepped on campus for official his official visit today, he was going to say, I'm a dog. And that's unbelievable. See, that's – I think he was committed to Washington 100%. I think he just wanted to, to just say, I'm a dog now. I think he was waiting just to step on the campus. But, I mean, you know – that hardly ever happens to where a student is just visiting the the campus and then automatically announces that he is going to be committing because he, because uh, how many, what other colleges with James uh, intending to sign with? So he was previously committed to Texas A&M. 
I've okay. heard numerous numerous reasons why he decommitted. I won't go into those because that's between him and his family, and that's his own decision. Um, he had offers from Georgia, Florida, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M. Uh, he had offers from all over the country. He could have gone anywhere. He, right now, according to 247, is the number 57 overall player in the country. Like, the wow. composite has him a lot lower, but 247 has him at 57th overall. And it's all about choosing narratives. And if one site says you're the number one player in the country, doesn't matter if two other sites say you're in the thousands. That number one overall player in the country is what stands. There um, you go. But this kid is an amazing athlete. He's got a video pinned to his, his uh, Twitter profile right now of him doing some hurdle work at six foot five, 250 plus pounds. And his feet are unbelievably fast. He is. Playing, I did see that. It's unbelievable. It watching, really is. Uh, watching his, his tape is amazing because he's already a somewhat refined pass rusher playing in Texas where, you know, you're going to get reps against quality competition week in and week out, no matter what division you play in, no matter what, competition you're going up against it's texas high school football is so serious that he's getting quality reps in so he's going to get playing time early that was definitely a big point of his of his recruiting of that sales pitch was he's going to get snaps early so that's another just exciting thing to look forward to in 2023 when he does end up stepping on campus so there's so much like there and this is so this is kind of the thing that was missing under chris peterson Chris mm -hmm. Peterson's and, uh, and again, no fault of Chris Peterson. He did an amazing job of dominating the West coast, but the one thing that they always tried to do and never could was make end roads in Texas. They got Levi on, on Wizurike out of Texas. Awesome. Second tier player. No offense to Levi coming out of high school. Obviously top 40 overall pick in the NFL draft. Amazing football player. Second tier player in Texas when he was coming out of high school. Anthony James is a top 10 recruit in that state. When we look at, at that, that list every year in Texas, we see Bama, Bama, Ohio State, LSU, A&M, mm -hmm. Texas. That's what we see there. Now, in that top 10, you see Washington. That's unbelievable. They might get another guy who's a four-star in Texas. That's incredible to even just think about, honestly, because... They, they might go further south. There's a wow. chance... I mean, the so... <sighs> The fact that Kalen DeBoer, or the fact that, you know, Jimmy Lake is fired. Kalen DeBoer get, is brought in for the head coaching spot at UW. And now all of a sudden things have just changed and things have, it, it seems like things have just gotten better. And, and you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like Kalen DeBoer might've just been the savior for UW. So one of the things that was lacking under Jimmy Lake uh, on the recruiting trail was a lack of effort. There was a point. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can agree with that one on the, on a hundred percent because there, there was absolutely no effort taken. And I want to actually bring that up to you real quickly, because um, I also want to uh, bring up another one of softies points, uh, Dave softy Muller, of course, uh, because he was, I don't know if you saw this tweet that I he did, posted yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, where he went, was going back and forth with Conroy and Pondexter. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here here was the tweet that he said. Where is it? Real quickly. If I can find, how the hell can I not find it? <laughs> but um um basically he was saying that uh 
The point was local talent was not going to UW. Yeah, the the that point was, the point. was yeah the point was that the that the local talent is not going anywhere and that um, they're not staying. Think, is the yeah, point. but I mean you know he here it is here it is. So the tweet was here it is. So uh, great that all these dudes from Seattle are getting drafted, but blows that UW can't take advantage of the talent here. And you know yesterday Paulo Banchero was wearing a purple suit. Um, and he was stated that, you know, my mom went to UW all, you know, I got so much criticism for not going to UW that I had to say, sorry. And in my opinion, you know, uh, we posted a tweet as well to Apollo and I'm just like, you don't need to apologize to us. That was your decision. That was your decision to go to Duke. I'm not going to blame him one bit for taking, for taking that shot because I want to say it gave him just slightly more exposure. It gave him more exposure. It absolutely did give him more exposure. The the issue, we can't forget that his dad played on the football team. His dad was on yeah. the 91 team that won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue is in the football program, or excuse me, in the basketball program, at least, there was no, the, like, there just never seemed to be a shot was mm-hmm. the thing. And it wasn't that he didn't seem to be considering them. It's that after... Like after those two years of back to back, when my uh, my Hopkins went and coached the year, everything they did, there was like there was just no energy. There was no anything coming out of that program. Even with Jaden McDaniel's and Isaiah Stewart and Quade Green on the team, there was nothing. Like I don't know what it was, but every time was... I every time I hear the name Quade Green, I honestly get a goddamn migraine. I, I just get a huge migraine. He was a great player. He was a great player. But he couldn't stay on the court. Mm-mm. Sucked. And and uh, we we've said why we've said actually why, well I've actually said why I've had inside information about that one. But again, he couldn't it doesn't matter. It's, it's yeah, he just it's, didn't it's go. out there. It's out there. I like. I mean, it's you know. Here's the thing: one and done, one and done. Kids, you know, they'll give them a cooking class. They'll give them a a, a sewing class or whatever. Just that way. They can get their GPA that keep their GPA up to where they can stay on the team. Sure. A lot of these, a lot of these schools know that these kids are not going to stay with the program for what? Three, four years They're They know it. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Drew Timmy. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked when I heard that Drew Timmy was actually coming back for one more year at Gonzaga. I was very shocked. I really thought he was going to go into the NBA draft. Um, but I think what I, I'm going to go ahead and put this out. I think the reason why drew Timmy went back is because he wants to try to win that title. Oh, absolutely. He wants to try to win that title for Gonzaga. And look, Gonzaga has got a lot of great players around it to, to, to help him out. You know, they lost Chet Holmgren, which I thought was, he was one of the more electrifying players, not going to lie on that team. But he's an OKC Thunder now, so now I can't cheer for him. <laughs> but no, I mean you're absolutely right when it comes to the recruiting. I mean, there's there really was no energy when it came to recruiting uh, anymore with this with this UW program. And you know, I I I think I've said it a couple times here. You know, with Will Conroy and Quincy Pondexter as the you know with the, having coaching positions on this team, you know, you figured that they would they would help that they would help talk about this program. They would help build this program up to where these guys want to come and play. But that's not the case. 
and the problem is, is that, you know, so you, you've already said that if Paulo Benchero would have come to UW, he still would have gone number one overall, which that's your take. I don't think that he might have gone over. I don't think he would have gone number one overall, but I still think he would have been a top 10 draft pick at least. But I mean, it's just nobody cares about UW basketball anymore. Not a lot of people. Nobody cares because I mean, look at the talent that they had years and years and years ago with Lorenzo Romar. Look Absolutely. at the talent that they had. They're great teams. And yeah. And in why were they good teams? Because it was local talent. It was all local talent. Well, they were also and, really well coached. Yeah. And they were Mike very Hopkins well coached. No offense. There's no offense on this team. There's, no, like, there, there really is not. That's one of the um, reasons the, this guys are going elsewhere. There, there's, there's no, there's no movement on the offensive side of the ball. They can't do anything. Yeah. By the way, uh, if uh, Nate Roberts is or Nate is watching this podcast, uh, good luck in the draft. Um, I don't know if the draft, the NBA draft, is over right now, it but uh, it is over. Yes. Jesus, two rounds. That's it. That sucks. But um, I don't. I don't think he got drafted. He did not. <sighs> Damn. You know, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw him working out with the Wizards, I really thought there was a good chance. I really thought there was a good chance. They can that, still sign him. There's, there's. Still... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for that one. I'm I'm hoping that he that the that the Wizards announce that they do sign him because, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. People, if you look at people on social media of when he announced that he was going into the NBA draft, the hateful comments from stupid people was it, it was ridiculous. Saying why are you going into the NBA draft? You're not a good player, and, and I'm just like. Did you not see what Nate Roberts was capable of? Nate Roberts is a good player. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, absolutely. And and any NBA team would be um would be thrilled to have him on that team. And I and I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And I really do hope the Wizards do give him a call because I mean they need all the help they can get. And there are tons of teams out there that could definitely use a big man like him and just kind of sit like put him in the D league for a year. Just let him, yeah. just, you know, grow the skills. That's what, that's what uh, it's there for. Definitely. Uh, getting back to UW football, you know, here's a good question for you. I mean, what is, what is the future for this team? Because I, 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 I that's... I'm going to be honest. With, I'm going to be honest with you with how the recruitment has gone for the Huskies with how it's gone for the Huskies. I, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, I'm, Maybe this is the guy that is able to get to pull guys away from Oregon, to pull guys away from USC, to pull guys away from a lot of these schools that have been taking recruits from UW. Now, are we going to pull? Are we? Well, I'm I'm just saying, but I'm you know, are we going to pull them all away? We're not going to pull them all away. We're going we're definitely going to lose recruits. But no, I have so much faith in Kalen DeBoer because I feel like Kalen is bringing such a great positive mentality to this team that they didn't really have last year. There, there, there are many different ways to unpack the question you just asked. The first, the first way that we can look at is this 2022 team is going to surprise a lot of people on a national level because this team is very talented. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that this team has that they haven't had since 2010 is an offense from the decade of football that they're actually playing. Chris Peterson's offense, as much as I love Chris Peterson, was ancient. Jimmy Lake's offense 
was drawn on walls in France as a cave painting. <laughs> that that's how old John Donovan's offense was when he was the offensive coordinator. Kalen DeBoer mm-hmm. actually runs a modern offense. It's amazing. It's fun to watch. He's got tons of talent. The way Chris Peterson recruited over the last couple of years, thank God he did what he did, or else this team would not be what it is right now. There's a lot of things to be excited about. Of course, they still need to prove it. Yeah, I agree. There's still a lot of things that need to be done, but on the offensive side of the ball, there's a ton of talent. And while the defense isn't going to be elite, the defense is still going to be very good. You can't lose two first-round corners unless you're Alabama or Ohio State and expect to be at that same level. (laughs) I'm aware Kyler Gordon went in the second round, but he was a first-round talent. Oh, 100%. I was I was actually a little upset that Kyler Gordon did not go in the first round. I was Nothing is more painful than hearing that the Patriots drafted Trent McDuffie at 21 and then trading down for the range. I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's going to be angry. Um, but I wish the Seahawks would have got him. Oh, that would have been a great pick. Oh, my God. That would have been one of the best picks in the draft, in my opinion, by the Seahawks. They got Kobe Bryant, who I really like, though. He's, he's a great player. Um, I thought he died in a helicopter crash. Yeah, the one. <laughs> I know, I know. Cincinnati. Okay, I you know what? Uh, real quickly, I, really real quickly, like I need guy. to apologize for that one. Bad joke, bad taste. Sorry. <laughs> I, I it's really like, like it's like when it's Cincinnati. like when it's like when me and K Hart are on the are on BS commentaries and we're making COVID jokes. Hey, all right? you guys do when I'm sitting in the lobby is make Red Sox jokes. So you know that hurts. <laughs> all, I, all I hear are Boston shots. <laughs> All, and, and, and it hurts. It hurts right here. Um, but getting getting back to to the to the team, there are so many things to be excited about. But the issue, as exciting as it is that they pulled Anthony James today, as yeah, exciting was... and as great news as that is, until they dominate the West Coast, like they did mm-hmm. in two thousand and nineteen, two thousand twenty, this team is not set up for future success that way. Not yet. They can. I have full belief in the staff that they can do that because of what they showed today. If Definitely. they can go get a, a guy away from the the uh, the money bag recruiting that AM is, I wanted to give a shout out to Nick Saban with that one. If they can pull <laughs> a kid from the heart of SEC country to the West Coast, which is what Oregon does, which is what USC does, that's great. Oregon is loading up. They just got a crystal ball for five-star quarterback Dante Mortelay. That kid is sick. That kid is yeah. legit. Until they are getting more of those, until they are consistently winning that talent, until kids like Josiah Wagoner and Caleb Presley and Jaden Wayne want to stay home, until those high-ranking West Coast talents want to stay home, until they can go down to California again and get a Jalen McMillan, until they can go get these guys that are top 50, top 75 players in the country that have offers to go anywhere on the West Coast and anywhere in the country until they can get more of those guys to come up to Mont Lake, which is what they were doing consistently when they got Fatui Tuitele and Jacob Bandis at defensive tackle in 2019, and they got Jalen McMillan at wide receiver in 2020, and they were getting Troy Fautanu out of Las Vegas and Roma Dunze out of Las Vegas. Until they're doing that consistently, getting one guy from Texas, it's not enough. And they Mm -hmm. can still do that this year. There are guys yeah. on campus right now. There is Curly Reed, a four-star corner from Louisiana visiting. That kid is nasty. He only played one game last year because he tore his ACL. Oof. But that kid is really good. 
There's another four-star defensive back, Jordan Sanford's a safety from Texas. He's visiting this weekend as well. That kid is really, really good. And they couldn't have picked they couldn't have picked a better weekend to come out where the weather oh, is gorgeous. It was smart. They they knew. They definitely knew. They because there are 21 kids that have taken their visit uh that started Monday through the course of this Sunday. There are 21 <laughs> official visitors. They knew exactly what they were doing with that. Uh um, nice. smart. Then some of the things they're doing, they're doing cool things. Like they I I saw on um court director of player personnel, Courtney Morgan's Instagram that um that they're on uh, somebody's boat. They took them out on a little boat trip. Yeah, they did. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw, I, I was going to play softball across the water yesterday and I saw like a pirate ship and I was kind of like, okay, it's definitely a little kid's birthday party, but it'd be kind of funny to see a bunch of high school kids on a pirate ship going around Lake Washington. That, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that really would have been hilarious. But I, I, I mean, I personally love to see that. I will say this though. Uh, if you want to go swimming, you better pack a wetsuit because that water's cold. Oh, it's freezing. Jesus. Um, but I will say this, though. The weather the, the weather is perfect to where it can warm up the water a little bit. You know, if we have plenty of uh, more 70 or 80 degree days, you know, that water here within about two weeks is going to get nice, a little bit warmer to swim in. But, you know, I'm just very excited, though, that this that this signing did happen today. It was a big signing for the University of Washington, and it's a, a big step in the right direction. It's a um, huge step in the right direction, but they need to. One thing that fans need to remember that that's all it is, and there's a, and there's more coming. I I can tell you that for a fact. There are more really talented players that will most likely end up committing to the University of Washington this weekend, whether it be today, whether it be tomorrow, whether it be Sunday. There they don't want to leave this nice weather. Oh no, they don't. They then they they shouldn't. They shouldn't want to. This yep. is great. As uh, a California kid myself. Uh, off topic before we end the podcast, though, uh, the Golden Spikes Award winner was announced today. And of course, I could not have asked for a better Golden Spikes Award. The Hispanic Titanic, the greatest fucking nickname for any baseball player. And I hope to God that if the Mariners were to get a chance at him, I want the Hispanic Titanic in Seattle. <laughs> I want and. For his first at bat in Seattle, I'm not going to lie. He needs to play. My heart will go on. He needs to walk. He needs to walk up to that song. That would be amazing. And uh, uh, I mean, I will say this, though. College baseball is not getting enough attention Um, because these the, the college baseball World Series is perhaps one of the most fun things to watch. Um, I wish I could have watched a little bit more of it. Uh, but who is the championship game against? I know it's Old Miss. Um, oh, are they playing Oklahoma? Are they playing Oklahoma? I'm pretty sure it's Oklahoma. Let me, let me, let me look at the College World Series. because well, one, th- one thing here, while, while you do that, uh, I want to comment on, um, I, I believe, uh, I'm, I'm going to double check the name just because I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, I believe his name is Jason Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who... Yep, who signed um, officially uh, was announced today as the University of Washington's next head coach uh, Mm. for the baseball team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outstanding hire. Yes. Uh, So it is Oklahoma versus Old Miss. So that that really is going to be a good game. That's going to be that's going to be an excellent, excellent series. I'm not going to lie. I was really sad that um, Notre Dame did not get there. I really wanted to see the gold, the Kelly Green and gold and metallic gold 
uh, win it all. That dark blue jersey they had was that one was probably my favorite. That one was great. Where really? Spikes? I, I'm oh, not yeah. gonna lie. So this is my take on the Notre Dame colors. You cannot be named the Fighting Irish and not have green. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, that's the, look. I'm Irish. I'm Irish, and you, you need to get some green in there. Get, get rid of the navy and just have Kelly green and gold. That's it. But I mean, no. I, I, and then, of course, the biggest shocker of this entire college baseball World Series was, of course, Tennessee getting knocked out. Uh, oh yeah, you always got to root for the underdog. And after yeah, they beat, I was like, do. all right, I can't, I can't root for them as a school, really, just because you know, I, I, I was a little. I was actually really happy that Vandy didn't go far. I was really happy about that one. I'm sorry. It's, it's always fun to just see other teams. That like mm-hmm. that's that's the beauty of some college sports, you know, and not not necessarily uh, football, or basketball recently, or even college softball. Shout out to the just wrecking ball that is Oklahoma. Yeah, um, but it's fun. Like that's one of the things I love about just watching baseball every year, watching watching the NFL every year. So it's, it's always different teams. I just had a thought in my mind. Could you imagine if Texas would have gone to the final and in the in the game that Texas needs to win to win the college world's baseball college baseball title, the Hispanic Titanic would hit a walk off home run and you would know within three seconds of that happening, there would be the Titanic music being played. (laughs) Could you imagine if that like I think. I think that would be the greatest tweet in the world is if the Hispanic Titanic would have actually hit a walk-off home run to win the college world, the college baseball world series. I will say one of the best accounts on Twitter is that, that like where they post like Epic videos just with yep. that music odds. Oh, I, I could watch that, that one all day. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of, of uh, Seattle sports series. Roman uh, great to have you back after two weeks. I hope you enjoyed California, man. Oh, I did. It was great. It was a little too hot for me, 100 plus, but you know, <laughs> we survived. And we're, we're back and we're thriving. Definitely, man. All right, man. I will talk to you next uh, next Thursday. So next, next Thursday. Thursday, not next Friday. I got you. Next Thursday. All right, man. Have a good one, brother. You too. Episode of BS Commentaries. Be sure to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And so the countdown is now as soon as. As this podcast ends, it will be at seven. We are seven podcasts away now at the end of this one. Um, So uh, for everybody who did tune in, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, don't forget, uh, we also have another podcast out there, BS Commentaries. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at BS Commentaries. And also be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and on Spotify. Until next week. So long, everybody. Oh, yeah. And one more thing. Eat Pringles and walk Mike Trout.